I couldn't think of a better person to feature this week than the owner of Pro Physique, dad, coach, bodybuilder, flexible dieter, core nutritionals, athlete, Paul Ravella. He's awesome. And, you know, I'm so fortunate to know him outside of just the Instagram realm, but he started Pro Physique long ago and, you know, by himself. Now he's got nearly a dozen coaches working under him. So let's hear his why and get some inside tips from Paul on how to start a successful company. Hey y'all, I'm Taylor DeHaze. I'm obsessed with all things fitness and business. I left my career as a TV reporter after 10 years to start my own fitness coaching company. I was so tired of seeing people struggle with disordered eating and misguided weight loss information. Think of this as your one-stop shop for training, nutrition, and success while navigating through life. Grab a cup of coffee, get cozy, and get ready to learn and laugh. Again, welcome to the Tailored Living Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Are you are you in DC or are you still in Texas? Where are you at? I'm in Cleveland right now. I TV went to Cleveland, God. Ohio. Yeah, I know. I took a job. Um, it was a, a top a top uh, 15 market. So I went from a tiny town in Texas up here and then worked there for a year. And I kept telling myself, you know, no matter what I do, I am just not fulfilled. And so I basically made it to halfway through my contract. And I was like, I'm going to start my own company. I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to look back. And it's been the best decision ever. (laughs) Yeah, I can, I can definitely you know, sing the praises of starting your own company for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. It's funny. Cleveland's been an interesting city. People are like, what is up there? But, you know, the longer I stay, the more I'm like, kind of like it here. So anyway, I'm here for now and awesome. Uh, awesome. conveniently close to where the Arnold was supposed to be. But, you know, yeah, right. um, I know you were down there. But so, okay, I want to get started and kind of take me back to when you were first becoming a coach. I know you had some good mentors. And talk about kind of what your goals were when you first launched and kind of walk me through what those goals are now as a coach, just how you kind of built your business over time. Uh, My first goal when I started coaching was not to ruin people's lives. (laughs) I was, you know, super, (laughs) super paranoid because um, my first coach was the one that really encouraged me to get into coaching. That was Lane Norton. And so he just kept saying it over and over and I just never really, you know, I had a career I was happy with. So it wasn't, it wasn't ever something that I wanted to do. Um, So when I first took my first client, it was because a a kid had been ripped off by a well-known IFBB pro bodybuilder, sent him money and got a BS cookie cutter plan. And when that kid called this guy out, he basically said, you know, well, guess what? Now I'm not coaching you and I'm keeping your money, you know? Um, and so the kid reached out to Lane and said, here's my story. And Lane's like, listen, I can't coach you for free. Um, and he reached out to me and he said, hey, like, would you be willing to help this guy? Like, there's no harm, no foul. He can't, you know, he, he already sent a bunch of money to this guy. He doesn't have any money, but he really wants to compete. And I said, you know what, there's, 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 there's an opportunity here for me to just help somebody out. I'll do that. Um, and I had the resources, you know, I had, I had Lane and I had all the people on the message boards and the people I had met through bodybuilding. So I had a lot of like, you know, information at my fingertips. If I had a right. question, I knew, I knew who to call. So I had like a support system, right? 
Um, and that went so well. I enjoyed that so much with him and being at the show. And um, he ended up paying me a couple hundred dollars after his show was over in an envelope. And my wife and I decided, you know, like, let's use that to start Pro Physique. Love that. And then talk about kind of how you – like how long were you in business before you actually hired coaches to work under you? Because I think a lot of people would love to get to that status. Yeah, I probably waited way, way, way too long. Um, <laughs> um, let me think. So if I started in like 2010, 11, I probably have had coaches for four or five years now. So I probably waited four or five years. But I basically, it, it took me to get to the point where I tend to be very pragmatic and err way, way, way too much on the side of caution. Like I'm not one of those entrepreneurs that just like just throws caution to the wind and says screw life. Like I have to have some stability. So um, I was basically at a point with my business where I was getting, I don't know, 50 inquiries a week and I had a full client load. So I couldn't take on any more clients people were reaching out to me for coaching and then they were actually getting mad at me. Like you didn't answer my inquiry. You know, they would message me on like Instagram or, you know, something like this. And I'd be like, dude, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I can't take clients. I don't even have time to go through my inquiries to see if you're a client I would want to work with because I'm full and right. you know, and I have a conscience. I'm not going to just send out the same plans to everybody. Right. Um, so what I did was uh, I was, I was going to school at USF studying exercise science. And um, there was a kid in my class named Steven who was my first hire and he had just been asking me, like, hey, do you need help with anything? And at the time, I was promoting a bodybuilding show. I was doing, like, these, um, you know, fitness camps. Um, I was coaching. And so he said, um, do you need help with anything? I said, actually, I just bought a bunch of, like, home gym equipment and some mats. you want to help me? So he literally would come over to my house. Sometimes he would sweep. Sometimes he would pick up lunch. And one day I said, you know, I have this entire – in like literally like hundreds of inquiries. Would you mind going through them and, and telling me if you see anybody in there that you think would be a good fit? And so he went through it and he was like, man, there's a lot of good ones, a lot of good potential clients in here. And I, and then he's like, you know, I'd be interested in becoming an online coach. So I was like, all right, well maybe you can set up calls with the people you think would be a good fit for you. And that's really how it started. He was my first hire. Um, he was in the grad program at university of South Florida for exercise science. So I knew he had, the background, he had competed in bodybuilding. I actually helped him a little bit with one of his shows. So I just, I kind of knew him um, and his overall, like, demeanor. It was just, he was just a very positive, hardworking guy. He worked full-time while he was going to college. Um, you know, he, he just he just had that aura about him that I knew he was a hustler. He was going to, he was always going to put in work. Um, yeah, so he was, when, once I hired him, it kind of gave me the confidence to go, okay, I need to get out of my own way. I, I'm I'm actually the, the the reason that that I'm not more successful because I just refuse to like pay attention to the signs. Um, and from there, we actually hired some people that are like specialists, right? So I have a person that just does customer service. I have a person that just does all of our um, you know accounting. I have a person that just looks at inquiries and decides what coach they're going to go to. You know, and then, you know, my wife's very involved in the business. You know, she basically um, is like the chief operations officer if we were like a big corporation. So, like, now there's there's structure in place where I get to be just a coach again. Because for a while, when you're evolving, there there's a period where it's like you're coaching a little bit, but you're also trying to, like, be a business person. And, and yeah. it gets very muddled. And I'm now back to being coach again, you know, 100%. And that's freed me up to travel more, be at more shows and, you know, 
yeah, so that's that's the that's how it's transitioned. And I think there's something to say about the fact that you know you were doing all of that back end of the work. I think some people, the reason their businesses either don't take off or become stagnant is that they're focusing on coaching solely, but then their website looks like crap or, you know, they're not connecting with their audience or their content's bad. You know what I mean? So I think you have to, I was almost, all of those you know, just so, <laughs> just so anyone out there wonders, like my first website was literally just prophysique.com. Here's my email. Yes. That's it. Because yeah. I did not care. For me, it was a business card. I just wanted a, a place. Now I have content. I have free eBooks. I have, you know, now it's actually a commerce place. I have clothing and stuff for, for like, the, the culture to purchase. But that, all those things, like you said, take time. And when you're doing it all yourself, I think it's important because you can't really hire someone to do a job unless you know what that job is supposed to be. Um, one of the big problems with, like, I think, you know, 10Xing your business or, you know, all this stuff, which I think is horseshit, is you you do things in haste that can save you a lot of grief. Whereas – I could have hired somebody to edit all my YouTube videos and paid them a lot of money, but I just took the time to do it myself. You know, like, so I get what I want out of it. Um, yeah, so I, I think learning the skills yourself is a huge part of building a business. Perfect. So whenever you started out, something that I always like to tell people whether they're starting just any kind of company is, you know, figuring out what your why is. And, and that's like a statement that I tend to come back to Every few months or so, every maybe six months, I kind of like to reevaluate just kind of as you develop, as you grow. Um, so what is your why right now? If you had to kind of sum up kind of why you do what you do, what would you say? Uh, it's very clear to me now. My why is to become the best coach in the world. Um, I mean, I base all my decisions around this. Am I doing things that are going to make me a better coach? Um, and then as far as pro-physique is involved, I want to build the number one coaching business in the world for, you know, high-quality coaching. Um, and those are two very clear visions that I have now that, you know, I never had years ago. I was just trying to survive or figure things out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those, those are my driving forces now behind what, what I do. How important would you say is it to identify your target audience or like your target client? I think some people go in and just think either too narrow, like they want to just do competitors when they don't have that experience, or they just kind of take everybody that throws money their way. So maybe talk about picking your selected audience. Yeah, I think early on um, the process of me of selecting clients was less about competitors or not competitors and more about um, people will find you through a certain channel. They're going to find you through a certain method. The message that you're putting out is the kind of client that you're going to attract. If I make only YouTube videos about pregnant women that are trying to, you know, post baby weight loss, guess what I'm going to get? A bunch of clients that are interested in that. So really, if you're just talking about the thing that you want to coach and the thing that you enjoy, which comes natural, like, you know, if, if you are going to go watch some powerlifters, you're going to start seeing people that are passionate about powerlifting, and you're going to find a coach in that realm. Um, but early on, I coached powerlifters, bodybuilders, bikini competitors, lifestyle, um, obese people that just needed to lose a couple hundred pounds. You know, it took me a little while to find out what I truly loved, and that for me is being at a bodybuilding show. But I, I tried all of it. So talk about kind of how you morphed between – you know, I know you were doing a little bit of everything. You were a hodgepodge. But now I do feel like you are more competition prep, 
than just general population. So for people out there that are coaching more gen pop and they want to become, you know, a coach that is strictly with competitors or, you know, more so that than gen pop, what advice would you give them? Um, Take an L for a year. Don't worry about profits or how much money you're making and just go to every bodybuilding show you can go to. I mean, there's nothing like being at the shows for um, becoming a good prep coach because you need to understand the sport on a level that most competitors don't, most judges don't, most, you know, uh, you know, going to 40-something bodybuilding shows last year was, uh, you know, I got a master's degree in competition life, prep life. Like, you know, it's not just about macros and, and cardio. You know, there's so much more to it than that. So I think uh, the best prep coaches, listen, there's, there's, I go to the shows, I see the same faces, the same five or six people I see them at every show, right? And there's a reason why they're at the top of the game um, because that's what they're doing. They're at the shows. I don't think you can be the best or even a full-time prep coach unless you're very active in that, you know, contest prep community. What about, um, like, the learning aspect of it, aside from going to shows? Like, are there any courses you recommend? Are there any people that you'd recommend following? Um, just kind of, like, your top advice on that. Um, yeah, I mean, the people that I follow are usually the researchers um, or the people that are getting the best results because I'm trying to find the blend of the evidence-based approach and um, who's actually getting results because you can't, you can't just do one or the other. You know, you can't just be like, oh, I'm purely evidence, but my clients get fit. And you can't just be like, well, my clients are winning the Olympia, but they're retiring after three years and they have an eating disorder, right? So I try yeah. to find the blend of the people that are doing that very well. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to be one of those people. That's really where I, why, what I think there is, a, there is a lack of in this um, – contest prep community is people that are educated as well as caring about their clients as well as getting results. And so, yeah, I mean, do you want some names of people? Yeah, you can give those or um, any books that you'd recommend, just uh, kind of whatever's out there. There's no comprehensive contest prep book that I'd be. No, definitely no, not. Uh, you know, like there's some like overarching, you know, contest prep stuff like Lane wrote a book and Cliff wrote a book and those guys have books out. But um, to, to, to be a coach, I mean, you couldn't read that book and then be like, okay, I'm taking clients. No, that doesn't work. Really, the only way to get there is to compete yourself. You have to have competed in my mind um, to actually fully understand the psychology, the physiology, the, just the struggles of competitors. I mean, that's where I got first clients from. They saw my pictures and said, oh, you've done it before, team me that's really the best entry into competing. Um, I don't really think there's, there's a books and manuals on that. I, I love the idea of reading and understanding why things work and why things don't, but I don't, I, I don't think there's a manual out there, but um, you know, as far as like people that are putting out good information, you know, you know, Lane Norton's always been a good resource. You know, I'm a big fan of Brett Contreras, um, who's not specifically focused on like competitors, but he, but he's so good at his job. A lot of competitors go to him for, for training um, and then, you know, someone like Dylan Bear, who's a very evidence-based, um, um, but he's also a registered dietitian, you know, so he's got some education. And, you know, we just hired our first registered dietitian, uh, April um, Roby, who's a, a bikini pro, one of my, um, my clients that turned pro a couple of years ago, and she's now an RD. So, like, the idea of putting out information and, and being a good resource 
Yeah, there's probably a lot of people that are just not off the top of my head. I'll be honest, I don't consume that much. You know, I love people like Jeff Nippert and Athlean X that put out great evidence-based information and unbiased. Um, but specific to what I do, there's not really people that I look at and go, yeah, they're nailing it. I no, and I'm, you, yeah, you're pretty all-encompassing, you know? Yeah, that's my goal. I mean, I'm a big believer, and I'm I'm not saying I'm doing everything right or wrong. I've changed my opinion on a lot of things, but I'm I'm talking through it, I'm documenting it, and I'm sharing it along the way so that, yes. you know, that people can, can go, okay, this is, you know, oh, well, here's another good one. Eric Helms, you know, 3D Muscle Journey, those totally. guys. Are, yeah. I really love the way they put out information and don't point fingers and, and call people out. It's 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 just a good vibe. Yeah, and, you know, you're just a very often um, authentic person, and that's kind of my whole theme in this whole course is, you know, some coaches um, might have amazing content, but just they are unable to connect with their audience, where I feel like you, I mean, your Instagram has blown up, your YouTube subscription has, I mean, more and more followers that way, too. Your videos are getting better and better. I mean, even though you're editing them yourself, they're still just getting more polished, and they look better, and you seem more confident speaking, you know, um, just in front of the camera and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just love your business model, but I always tell people, you know, take a step back and while you're analyzing your strengths, also take a look at what your weaknesses are. What would you say is a weakness or two of yours that you're currently working on in your coaching business? Uh, man, my biggest weakness is probably my like time management. I, I really tend to like get, hyper focus on one thing at a time and, and um so that's what uh, you know getting back to just coaching full-time has allowed me to do so my, my weakness has always been probably just trying to take on too much and not not allowing or not trusting people to be involved in my business um, because as I've let that go over the last couple of years and I'm, it's a still a work in progress you know I still I still want to you know kind of hold the reins on a lot of things um but as I've let that happen things have flourished you know with with hiring Steven, my first coach, um, that gave me confidence to hire Tyler, my second, Kate, my third. And now we have 11 coaches, you know, and um, yeah. they're all full. Like, you know, Steven and Tyler just bought homes this year. So they're actually full-time coaches making a living working with Pro Physique. And so that's that's something that's given me confidence. But, yeah, the hardest part for me has always been just letting go of, of every single task because, you know, you just you just want it done the way you want it done. Yes. So how do you, you've touched on this a little bit, but how do you continue to grow and educate yourself and just stand out in an industry like this that is so saturated with coaches that aren't great or coaches that might post misleading photos? You know, what's your take on that? I think the reason I, I have continued to progress is I have focused on the single individual people. I don't focus on the growth. Uh, you know, I, I focus on my clients. I spend a lot of time talking to them. They're the ones that make my social media grow. It's not like I am some social media, you know, phenomenon where I can make a post and I get a million views. No, like the reason I've grown is because my clients tag me. They talk about me. Um, the reason my YouTube has grown is because people share it because I put out information that's kind of – I answer questions. So if you have a question, I tend to answer it in video format. And that's just resonated well with, with the YouTube and the Instagram community. So, yeah, I, I think my growth has strictly just been a result of 
really paying attention to my clients and helping people that maybe don't have a coach and they have the same questions and maybe they can't afford a coach or they don't want a coach, but they just want this question answered. And so I, maybe I'm hitting like a, a smaller niche market that's just, you know, they want more specific information. So speaking on your, you know, your YouTube and podcast, because I listen and watch both, which one would you say has helped you grow personally more, the podcast aspect or the YouTube video? What do you see more traction on? It's interesting. I, I would say YouTube, I mean, first off, but that's more because I have analytics. Like, I can go click on YouTube, and I know how many people watched the video, how many people commented, how many comments did I reply to, how, you know, how many people clicked the link to go to my website. I can see all of that information. With, with a podcast, it's a little different because I just put it out there in the universe. And even though we have a platform for hosting our podcast, it's not as robust as YouTube. So there's not this analytical backlog. Right. I, have, I have my producer, Lexi, who kind of puts the podcast out there for us. I, I have a report back on downloads and numbers but it's not as clear and defined. But I will say this, probably just as many people stop me when I go to a fitness event and mention the podcast as they do the, the YouTube channel. So it's kind, of, it's kind of interesting because the perspective may be skewed on, on my part. You know, other people might think, no, no, it's the podcast, but I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, I, like I said, I listen to both, and you're right. There's just not a lot of analytics when it comes to, to podcasts, but – I see them shared all the time, so you're doing something right. Um, you know, finally, I kind of just want to ask you, whenever you are speaking to a new client and you have those initial phone calls, and this comes back to authenticity and just being able to relate to whoever you're talking about or talking to, rather, how do you create that connection whenever you're trying to kind of make your sell or make your pitch? Because I think that's something that people struggle with at first, no matter what industry they're in, is sometimes people are uncomfortable you know what I mean, trying to sell a product or get a new client. So what's your take on just being very uh, authentic? Uh, well, I don't know if it's a generational thing or if it's just a, you know, person-to-person thing, but I've just always liked people. I like speaking to people. I like being around people. I like being involved in conversations. And I know, you know, in an era where people are growing up with the Internet and instant messengers and DMing and Maybe there's not as much personal interaction. You know, I, I went to college. I had a best friend, multiple best friends. We, we traveled. We did stupid things. And so I've just lived enough life that I, you know, and, and, and actually I have a master's degree in, in business administration. So maybe going through that MBA program and having to stand up in front of a class every week and give a presentation for two years, you know, that was part of the program. Maybe I just developed a comfort of, of talking, but I think that, that, authentic or however you want to label that, that connection that I have is just me. It's just me being comfortable. And so I've never been comfortable selling anything. I would never want to be a salesman. I would be the worst at it because <laughs> in my mind, I'm not selling anything. I'm just I'm offering something and explaining it. And if you're interested, great. And if you're not, great. I, I'm not ever going to. In fact, if, a, if, a, if a someone calls me and says, hey, I'm really interested in working with you, why should I work with you instead of X coach? I immediately say you should not. If there's a question in your mind, go work with someone else. I'm not a great fit for everybody. You know, like I know what I do. I know I'm the best version of me, but that doesn't mean I might be the best coach for you. And um, That is you know, so true. Yeah, and I, I'm not in a, you know, I started coaching from a different perspective. I started coaching out of necessity. Like people were, please help me. I already had a job. I had a career. I did not want the money. I did not want the clients. It wasn't like I was, 
um, you know, starting an online business and hoping to just be able to make ends meet. I think if I had done that, I might have compromised my morality a little bit or my ethics around like, oh, how do I get these clients? Oh, yeah, you know, I'll promise them whatever the world. I don't do that. I, I actually often talk people out of competing or out of being my client um, because I've learned that I've created such an awesome community of people that I don't want to muddy the waters. I don't want to, you know, infect it. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Um, and the last thing I have for you is just, do you have any advice on just, again, learning more other than going to shows, any workshops that uh, come around once a year or something that you re- might recommend going to? Well, the, so I spoke last year at the Physique Summit, which was in St. Louis. And I think I'm we're so doing, pumped for that. <laughs> I think we're doing one this year in Tampa. That's the rumor. I talked to John Gorman and, and about it. Um, but those those are the kind of things that I cut my teeth on early on because as a, as a friend of Lane's, he was doing um, speaking events all over the world back when I started with him. So I've been to Australia. I've been to Finland. I've been to, you know, probably 30 or 40 events with Lane um, where, yeah, I got to hear experts in the field speak on every aspect from ketogenic dieting to blood flow restriction to, you know, training volume, you know, Dr. Mike Zordos, you know, like some of the, some of the people that I got to hear speak um, was a complete privilege. And those are the people that I actually have in my corner. Should I ever need someone to talk to? So yeah, if you can find people that are doing what you're doing and they're speaking, go, because it's not going to be a, you sit there and write things down. It's going to be a community builder. You're going to get involved. The people you're sitting next to are also interested, and those are going to be the people that you get involved with. And that's why when people say, why do you suggest going to bodybuilding shows? And I'm like, well, it's not because you're going to sit at a show and watch people on stage. It's because you're going to sit next to people and meet people and talk to people that are interested in the same things that you're in. There's this energy to getting around people that get you, and it turns into something. And it's it's and so, yeah, any kind of you can go to an event like, a contest prep seminar or a evidence-based, you know, nutrition seminar, a hundred percent, you should do that. Awesome. Well, I don't have any more questions for you. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I really appreciate all the kind words, but I'm still the same, taking the same approach I was, you know, eight, nine years ago. I'm still just trying to hustle and make improvements and, and get better. So, you know, I myself am still going to school, going to seminars to, to learn. And, you know, when I go, when I get asked to speak at like the physique summit, I sit there for all the other speakers and learn. So, yeah, I think don't ever stop learning. If you're interested in doing uh, anything, just, you know, keep, I think that's a good litmus test for, you know, people say, find your passion. Well, if it's something you're passionate about, no one has to like ask you to do it or you, you don't have to be like bored by it. Right. Thanks so much for listening to the Tailored Living Podcast. If you're looking for any nutrition, coaching, programming, or a combination, head over to tailoredtraining.com. You can always send me an email at trainwithtaylor at gmail.com. And of course, follow me on Instagram at taylorfit.com.